Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad podcast. This is the place where we address dad dynamics and discuss personal experiences, stories, and poem submissions to help provide a platform for healing while simultaneously uplifting one another. Let's change the dad narrative all around. Let's go. Let's grow. Hello, you beautiful people. Thank you again for joining me at Dear Dad Podcast. My name is B. Jimson Darius, aka BJ. And today we have a wonderful guest, a wonderful guest. We've been in contact via um, Instagram and um, he had a couple of sessions that I thought was actually really good. So typically I usually have, you know, uh, dad interviews or people are talking about their dad um, journeys and experiences about their dad. But I think this topic hit home for me especially, um, because it's something that I wouldn't say I'm dealing with, but it's something that I am um, living with, I would say. And um, uh, and I, I want to know more about it, to tell you the truth. I want to know more about it. And, and the reason why I wanted to bring him on, particularly about this topic is because um, I don't think a lot of people in our community knows how to deal with it, the things that they need to watch out for, and the things that they need to uh, know, how to go about it, how to do, how to, how to, what to do about it, pretty much, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yes, um, before going into much details, let me introduce my guest, Farhan Dozier. How do you doing, brother? How you doing? Man, I'm blessed. How are you today? I'm doing good. I am so excited about this episode. This is more of an educational um, session, and I know you all have good insight about it. So the topic today, just to introduce, is about sickle cell and sickle cell traits, particularly sickle cell trait. Yes. I said I relate to it because I have a sickle cell trait, and I know some of my siblings does as well. Oh. And, you know, just following the trend of where it came from and who has it, who doesn't. And, you know, that whole hoopla of, of, of <laughs> you know, you know, getting information for me. This is more of an educational part. So um, I'm going to give the mic to you, man. Give the floor to you. So introduce yourself and tell me, you know, what, what is what is this all about? Cool deal. Um, thank you, BJ. Uh, again, Ferran Dozier, uh, retired Army Sergeant First Class, uh, 24 years in the military, uh, joined at 19. I was medically retired at 43, and it was all due to this conversation we're about to have uh, with a diagnosis of sickle cell trait exertion with rhabdomyolysis. I had no idea I had sickle cell trait until I was at age 29. Uh, So I joined the military at 19. So my first physical into the military, nothing was said or uh, discovered. My second physical, I was transferring to an infantry company to be a supply sergeant there, and I was required to have a physical. So I did that second physical with the uh, Air Force Base, and they found my sickle cell trait. And I mean, literally called me in a panic, like, you need to come back to the clinic. Mm. And so I'm like, all right, like, what did y'all find in my blood work, right? right? So I go back and he's like, do you know you have sickle cell trait? Mm. I says, no. He says, okay, well, we just want to let you know that you know we you you have the trait and I'm like okay hold on I have a cousin with sickle cell disease right, is right. it the disease he says no 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 it's not sickle cell disease you're a trait carrier uh, you shouldn't have any problems just make sure you don't mate with another person you know because you could have a baby with sickle cell disease and all that and I'm like okay cool well, I'm not having kids no more I already have my <laughs> three daughters so I'm like I'm cool all right so in one ear out the other 29 years old pack up my family and we moved out of state. But I can tell you, my mom would say 1972. I remember 75 because I was five years old. 
and my left arm ached like crazy. Mm. I mean, it would wake me up out of my sleep. I would cry. My grandmother would hold me over the sink and run warm water over my arm. Only thing was soothe the pain. Take me to the doctor. 1975, doctor says, oh, it's growing pains. Don't worry about it. He's, he's, he's five. He's growing. Don't worry. Uh -huh. He's growing pains. Well, I'm 51 years old today, and that pain has not gone away. Wow, wow. And so after, again, discovering this community of people that I'm connected to, um, I found many people with sickle cell trait have been suffering sometimes in silence hmm. um, with trait crisis. Right, right. So understanding that now and then um, during my military career, the episode, uh, I'll give you the short version. Uh, I was at my, my 17th year and I was at my Master Sergeant Academy. I was at E7 working on my way to get to the E8 list to get promoted in the future. And so I was at the schoolhouse that morning. Uh, we take this exercise test twice a year and I was up, got, got up and did the push-ups and sit-ups. And then I was out doing the two mile run. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was on my last lap and I could hear the instructor 1545, 1546. And I'm like, oh shoot, I'm doing pretty good. I'm 36 years old. I have 1721 to pass the test and I'm I'm coming around and I'm I hear 15s, <laughs> right? So I'm like, cool. So my brain, we're trained to sprint that last lap to get your best time. Yeah. So my brain kicks in. Okay, let me get this, you know, let me get my best time. So I kick in that gear and I take off to sprint. And I do remember like this electrical charge, like vibrate through my whole body like a sensation mm. and i was like okay like i didn't think nothing of it again i'm sprinting across the finish line 16 minutes uh put my hands over my head get air in my lungs all the stuff we're trained to do right and all of a sudden my peripheral got dark mm. and i'm like man i don't feel well and then i kneel down lay back on the ground because everything started spinning and i felt nauseated and just out of it. So I closed my eyes real tight, uh, opened them up and everything was spinning like a million miles an hour is the best way I could describe it to wow, you. Wow. So I kept them closed real tight. Medics came and got me, uh, rushed me to the hospital and doctor pulls me in, puts an IV in my arm, comes back in and says, hey, you ever had kidney problems? I said, nope. He says, mm -hmm. oh, what do you do now? And then he walks out <laughs> and I'm like, what in the heck? And my instructor is standing next to me and I'm like, man, what's going on? And I'm like, so he comes back in and says, you know what? Freak accident, you know, it's probably dehydration, heat stroke. I'm gonna give you another IV, go back to the barracks, take the day off, you should be fine. So the schoolhouse allowed me to take the rest of the day off. I'll go back to the barracks. I go to sleep, I wake up somewhere, maybe like two o'clock or so, and I was worse. Everything was spinning. I would try to drink water, Gatorade, a banana, eat a banana, like nothing stayed down. Um, I threw I threw everything up, almost crapped on myself. Like I was like, I, I was bad. So I make my way back to the bunk. I go back to sleep. My classmates come in at 4.30 because I know that's what time school is out. And they rush me back to the hospital. So the night doctor pulls me in, he does his test. And he sees that my creatinine 
Kinesis levels, CK levels are 12,000. Now at age 36, they were supposed to be around 150. So with the CK levels with being that high, there's a condition, a skeletal muscular condition called rhabdomyolysis. Mm, okay. And so rhabdo is where the muscles, the myoglobin in the muscles start to break down yes. and they get into the bloodstream. And then once they hit the bloodstream, those toxins become those, those the, the myoglobin plus the negative toxins in the muscles hit the kidneys and then the kidneys start to fail because of the toxins. So you mm. have negative potassium, you have all these different chemicals, toxins in the blood, and that's what was happening. So the morning doctor did see my renal failure starting, but I guess he didn't recognize it or know. And so by the time I got back that night, my kidneys were at 50% each. Wow. So I was, I was literally dying on the inside and had no idea uh, what was going on. So the doctor, uh, put me on IVs and I ended up being in the hospital for four days on IVs flushing my kidneys to get those CK levels numbers down I think when I left the hospital they were like about 500 and something and wow. the, so the secondary complications I was left with from the rhabdo was the vertigo uh, hmm. my body overheated so with the overheating I have double vision uh, with the skeletal muscular issues, I ended up with having um, muscle damage, joint damage, um, muscle fatigue. And I was trying to figure out what was happening when I got back home. So I went to my regular doctor. And so I spent like two and a half years with my regular doctor and a neurologist trying to figure out like, okay, what happened? So about two and a half years into it, uh, I would I would get on the treadmill and it felt like I've just been off a roller coaster ride, like I I just I was just sick. Right. And so the doc we so we agreed. You know what? You can't run anymore. So I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine. I can do the bicycle. Like the military, we have alternate events, so I could do the walk or the bicycle. Um, the myth is real. I don't I swim like a Chevy truck, like a rock or like a rock. So I don't swim. So I was like, I'll do an alternate event and. When I turned that paperwork into the military, they read those documents and they were they flagged me and said, oh no, you can't do anything until we figure out what happened to you. Hmm. And I'm like, look, that's that's like three years ago almost. Like I'm good, just, just let me do a different event and I, I could probably, I could pass. So they said no and they stopped me from exercising completely. So for those two and a half years, I was I was at least doing something, having my body in motion and you know, doing what I could. But at that moment, they canceled everything and I couldn't no longer exercise, couldn't carry a weapon. I couldn't do anything until they started their process. Shortly after that, my body just like that was September. So like November, my body just started hurting. My arms, my elbows, my wrists, my right knee, my left knee, my lower back, my shoulders, my feet. Next thing I know, January 1st, my whole body was inflamed. I could barely walk. Hmm. And so I go to the doctors on the base and the nurse, I went the whole month of January, every two days. And they was like, we don't know what to do. So she said, go to UCLA Medical Center after hours when we close 
and you should be able to be seen by a specialist. So I did that and I checked into UCLA. They looked at my heart and my heart was doing some crazy stuff. So they rushed me in. Dr. Taylor came in and she put a, a needle in my knee and pulled out fluid and says, oh, you have arthritis. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? So I was diagnosed with that episode. Uh, my whole body was inflamed and she labeled it arthritis. Mm. So now I'm dealing with more physical pain. And of course, uh, I made it mean my life was over. So my mental state is now being uh, impaired. Right. And I happened to be on the base, leaving a mental health appointment one day. And the officer that I served with during the war, we were stationed together, 0409, 0405. Uh, I passed him on the base. I haven't seen him in five years. And he's like, how you been? And I'm like, man, you don't want to know. He's like, nah, tell me. I'm like, man, my muscles, I can't barely walk. You know, I'm having these issues, my mental health. I'm in these appointments now. And he's like, you know what? Something like that happened to me where my muscles locked up, but I have sickle cell trait. So I have to drink extra water, take these vitamins. And I'm standing there like, why does that sound familiar? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, and this is 2010. And I remember my physical from 99. Right. Right. So I go in the clinic and I say, hey, can I get a copy of my, my, my last physical? And so they print it off. I look at it. And sure enough, positive sickle cell trait. Mm. So I take that to my rheumatologist and I say, look, I need you to check this out. This is what I found. So she retested my blood again. Sure enough, positive sickle cell trait. She also was able to tell me that 40% of my red blood cells were the S gene. So with sickle cell trait, we're AS. We have one normal and we have one mutating, which is the S. Right. So 40% of those are traits. So when she said that, and then the research that I found um, looking up sickle cell trait exertion with rhabdo, I had experienced every symptom except for the heart attack, which most people have died from. And so that was the lead into what happened to me. And they were able to put that all together. And then that just verified my medical retirement. And they started that process. And it took them three years before they was able to complete that process because I did appeal it because I wasn't trying to get out. Um, so with all my appeals, it took almost three years. And so I was medically retired. The, the beauty of it, and this is where I know, you know, God's hands was in this because when I went to one of my mental health appointments, um, my normal guy wasn't there, but there was a stand-in and Ashley Benjamin was the guy. And he was like, what are you going to do when you retire? I says, man, I don't know. Like I have an idea for a sports brand called What's the Count. Maybe I'll just sell some hats and t-shirts and sit on the dock of the bay and watch the ties roll away. So, <laughs> that's my favorite right? song. <laughs> hey, that was my retirement song, right? So I was like, that's probably, I'm just probably going to like, I, I don't know, man. I guess probably gonna do something like that. So he's like, let me show you something. So he opened up this book that he written, a student athlete book. And it had a paragraph on sickle cell trait and college athletes. Mm. And I'm reading that and I'm crying. And I said, you know what happened to me? He's like, oh yeah, it happens a lot. And sometimes it gets misdiagnosed because people that have the heart attacks, they label it as a heart attack. So it doesn't get uh, even written up correctly in the deaths. 
And so he's like, well, you can become a navigate. I'm like, uh, so what's that? He says, you could actually share your story, right. and educate people and bring awareness and use your sports brand and sell your hats and t-shirts at events. And that could raise money for you to travel. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it was like the cartoon character with the light bulb on top of the head. Right, right, right. I was like, you're kidding me. And when I went home, those nights that I spent up wanting to commit suicide and jump off the roof and drive my car off the freeway, I started doing more research about my gene. And I found my voice. I found this community of, and I'll share it with you on the presentation that I'm gonna go through, 300 million people plus have sickle cell trait globally. And I had no idea that this was an issue. And so I accepted that challenge and I became an advocate. And so for the last 10 years, almost 11, I've been sharing my story, uh, created an organization to help uh, get this message out. I've traveled through colleges, HBCUs, um, spoken at Bluebird Bio with some scientists, 200 scientists. I traveled to military bases, been to Germany. Uh, God has blessed me to be able to get this message out. And wow. so I'm very grateful that reaching out to you to talk about being a father, uh, <laughs> you just never know who you, who you meet, right? You just Absolutely. never know. And so uh, if you don't mind, I can start the, the slides real quick and show you um, some basic facts about sickle cell traits. So my, one of the questions for me or comments, like, is it, is your, was your case in uh, a severe case? Because I'm trying to figure out exactly for me and I'm relating to my siblings as well. Okay. But for those that, are, that do have the trait, not so much the disease itself, like what are some things that you should need to look out for um, for having the trait? Because I know, I know the, again, fundamental basics and I, the stuff that I learned is, is, is maybe what I'm watching television is that you can't do this, you can't do that. And one thing I know for sure was just like elevation is not really good. It's just like depths. So you can't, I can't hike up a high elevation because I know the air is thin, it's not good for my lungs. Yes. Um, others is just like scuba diving. Um, I can't deep sea scuba dive because, you know, it yes. can, of the pressure. So yes. those are, again, for me, those are like the, 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 the typical stuff that I, I, I've heard about, mm -hmm. but nothing concrete of what you're going through. I don't know, again, I don't know if your case was an extreme case um, or, or not, but I've never heard it that to that degree. I've heard surface level of it. Yes. Um, I've heard the, what you're going through is what those that have the sickle cell go through. Cause I know I have a friend of mine that does have that and you know, he can't, um, he doesn't function well in cold weathers. That's another yes. thing too, if you have the, if you have the full disease. Um, so he has to be very careful about, you know, where he resides as far as, you know, where him and his wife resides. So those are the surface that I, I know about it. But the reason why I'm asking this particular question is because I don't know if there's some symptoms that I'm going through right now that that's, that's because of the trait. I don't know if yes. because of maybe a certain pain or inflammation or, you know, some kind of a small exertion or small um, outbreak that I would have that may cause that. I don't know. And how do I, I know I'm asking a lot of questions at once, but how do I explore those things and know that this is the cause of it and not something else? Definitely. Yeah. So pretty much the symptoms that a person with sickle cell disease experiences, we may experience mild forms of those. Right. Um, uh, a friend that I advocate with, she says that we're like snowflakes. Everybody's different. So right. what my triggers 
you know, could cause my exertion issues could be different from yours. Uh, there are people who do the high elevations and the scuba diving and their spleen bursts mm. and have issues because that is also um, a sign of sickle cell trait issues is the spleen fracture, infarction. So right. it depends on, you know, you would have to definitely go back and get retested again. I don't know if you know what your percentages are, but if you don't know your percentages, I would recommend you go back and do a, a hemoglobin electrophoresis test. I have a slide for that and find out what your um, numbers are because we're finding out as well that some people with sickle cell trait also have other inherited red blood cell conditions like right. alpha thalassemia or beta thalassemia and people have been misdiagnosed and their pain or their issues are connected to another level of sickle cell trait. Right, right, right. Uh, I've met people who have G6PD, a glucose deficiency um, glucose called, G6P, okay. called G6PD. Um, and so they're, they're, we inherited, you know, we inherit 46 chromosomes for our parents, you know, 23 from each. So sometimes it could be other DNA issues as well. But as a trait advocate, we have people make sure you go rule out your trait first to make <laughs> sure that that's not the trigger or the other issues could be causing the secondary health issues. Right. But the elevation, uh, you're true about that. Places like Denver, Colorado, uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. I met, a, I advocate with the guy who was in the Air Force who was, uh, same thing, doing the exercise test, uh, had a cold. So he knew he was sick, had a mild cold, but did the test before with a cold and never had a problem and was out there in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And they do like a mile and a half he collapsed. Uh, his was worse than mine because his CK levels were in the hundreds of thousand. Mm. He had to learn how to walk again. Wow. He was on dialysis because they didn't know it was trait related because of the symptoms. Mm. So we're educating the medical community because a lot of times they overlook what's the trigger of that condition. So rhabdo, anybody can experience rhabdomyolysis, anybody can, but we're more susceptible because when I, when I overexerted myself, it, ca it caused my red blood cell to mutate like a person with sickle cell disease. Wow. So that red blood cell mutated, that means there was 40% less oxygen flowing through my body, which caused the muscles to start to break down because now yeah. there's no oxygen getting, muscle, no oxygen right, right. getting to the muscles and then that causes the rhabdo. So it's all like connected. Wow. Wow. And the scuba diving, yes, scuba diving is a no-go for a sickle cell trade. They, they definitely do not recommend that. Uh, even now when I fly, uh, I have to make sure that I hydrate, you know, days before uh, on the plane. I have to turn the air on. I used to turn the air off because I didn't like the air on the plane. I now I have to turn it on and literally have it in my face. Mm. I have to get up and walk around on the plane. And if not, I end up being sick on my trip because of the, I get, I was getting nauseous on the decompression on the descent. I see. Okay. And so I would end up being sick for three days. And if I'm on vacation for five days, I'm sick three of them. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So I had to figure out what that was. And so 
I had to start, you know, making sure I had enough water before, during, and after those flights. And um, and what's crazy is the eustachia, there's a eustachia tube that runs from your nose through your ear, the canal. And I don't know if they can't tell me if it's muscle related, but it is a muscle. So that my muscle in that canal is weak now. And so my ear is muffled. So wow. I jumped on the plane to go to Georgia to see my family. And I thought my head was gonna explode because my it was a piercing in my ear. And I came back home, I made it back home from that trip and I went to the VA and they said, oh yeah, your muscle in your eustachia tube is weak and there's nothing we can do. <laughs> so wow. now when I fly, I have to put cotton or, or you know, earplugs in my ear and pray that I don't have that feeling um, in, my, in my head. So it has been really challenging um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. with the secondary complications of this um, sickle cell trait exertion. And then you talk about, um, and I don't have slides for this, but the eyes. So there's a... Um, if you overexert yourself, it's possible you can have a crisis in, the, in your eyes. Um, you can also have, we're also susceptible of blood clots mm. as well. Uh, and there is a rare kidney cancer um, that's connected to sickle cell traits. And we just did a conference um, last Thursday and we covered that in the conference. And they're starting to discover that with athletes and people who exercise sometimes those little um, canals in the in the kidneys, because of the um, exertion and the high levels of protein, those little things break off and die, and that causes the cancer. It can cause a kidney cancer. So it's not just because when you were telling me your story, so it's not just physical exertion. It can pretty much be like, like I said, elevations, or it can yes. Um, or yes. can it be, can it just be triggered by just like maybe something you eat or, um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm only asking questions because I want to just rule out certain yeah. things I'm experiencing. De de well, de dehydration. If, so you're supposed to drink half your body weight in ounces of water every day. Hmm. So if you weigh hundred pounds, you're supposed to drink 50 ounces of water every day. And most of the time when we do those conferences and speaking engagements, uh, most people raise their hand that they don't drink that much water naturally. Right. And so as a trait carrier, that is like our saving grace. And we should, should probably drink more than that because of the way our blood, red blood cells live. They only live about 20 to 100 days when your normal red blood cells live 120 days. So those red blood cells are cycling through. Plus when they die off, they can also get lodged in the spleen and in their liver so wow. when i used to go to the doctor <laughs> i had this one doctor at, at loma linda um hospital i would go to her if i had like an allergy issue or whatever and she would do blood work and she would be like your belly rubin count is high do you have liver disease i was like hey i don't have no liver disease what are you talking about <laughs> she would so she would make me fast and come back and then my lumbers would be down but they would still be slightly high 
Wow. Well, I wasn't doing this work back then in the 90s, but I learned that those numbers are high because those red blood cells, sometimes they die off and they get stuck in the liver and it causes um, the belly movement counts to be high. Wow. Oh, wow. And recently, uh, we there's a conversation now that diabetes, uh, we can test a false positive for diabetes as well, being sickle cell trait carriers. Wow. Okay. So those are the, those are like the things that we're starting to discover um, as I've been advocating and being partnered with other organizations who take on those other conversations. Um, and my board member, uh, Dr. Maisha, uh, she has sickle cell trait herself. Her, she's got about six kids. I believe four out of the six have the trait. Um, and so she is my backup. So she gives you the medical, the more of the medical terminology. Um, and I deliver the basic facts. So she will be able to tell you even more in detail of the severity in which, which her conversation now with us is sickle cell trait has been labeled benign, but is it a disease on a spectrum? Right, right, right. Right. And so we're, we're out to change this conversation because we get, we've gotten overlooked with our health because the main focus has been sickle cell disease, which we understand. However, you got 300 million people who are experiencing some type of crisis, but we've been discounted because, but you don't have the disease, so you shouldn't be having these problems. Right, right. But that's, and I'm going to show you clearly not the case because they've known about it and it just hasn't been addressed or delivered. So I believe God has allowed me to experience what I did through the military and I'm, I'm a messenger. <laughs> uh, I have accepted the challenge to deliver these messages about sickle cell trait. Wow, wow. All right, so I'm gonna let you get to the, the, the slide. Okay. So just a heads up, this is more gonna be audio. I'm not, I'm gonna use the um, the video for maybe an, another time frame. That's fine. So um, while you're going to the slide, just describe exactly what you see and what you're doing and you okay. know, the details so I can like um, have that on the podcast. Okay. Um, and I'll just have, I guess I'll save my questions for later on because I knew I, I have a little bit more questions. So, but I'll let you go to the slide and that could possibly answer some of my questions as well. Okay, no problem. All right. All right. So my campaign conversation is what's so with sickle cell trait, SCT, and the clinical term is HBAS, which is hemoglobin AS. And my what's so is with the Z because my organization is what's the count on sickle cell trait uh, W-H-A-T-Z-D-A-C-O-U-N-T. Right. I gave it some flavor. <laughs> All right. So I, this is my disclosure. I don't, I don't have any financial relationships with this guy here. We're just here sharing my information and my story about sickle cell trait. This is my organization. What's the count on sickle cell trait? Uh, my mission statement, uh, a little bit of my story in the middle. And then on the front is the logo, and that's me and my daughter. Uh, I've been doing uh, radio podcasting, blog talk since 2010. Mm -hmm. And then I did blog talk first in 2010. And then I went to internet TV and radio in 2013. And then now I'm on AM, FM and podcasting platforms as well now. So I remember when this was the bit that was kind of the start right. of the podcasting world. This is the inside of the brochure. Basically, this information is from the CDC. 
the SEDAA and ASH, they got together and created a sickle cell trait toolkit. And that is also on my website. But if you go to the CDC and type in sickle cell trait, they will give you a list of uh, fact sheets about the different complications of sickle cell trait. Right. And that came out about maybe 2012 or 13. Well, that's somewhere recent. around there. Yeah. So we want to say that we we helped them enforce that because it became such a heavy topic in the military and in the college that they it's mandatory for all student athletes to have a sickle cell trait test. All right. Okay. And doesn't matter what your nationality is, what your background, or what sport, they forced you. They are required to have a trait test because athletes were dying in these college, you know, programs football, basketball, track and field. And so they put the liability back on the families so they don't have to pay those, get sued, which is which was all that was, was a buffer. Mm, right, right, right. So that's the fact sheet. So I, I, I share this when I go out uh, for people who ask for more information. So this slide is, what is hemoglobin? Hemoglobin is found in all red blood cells and carries oxygen from the lungs to tissues and organs throughout the body. Uh, normal red blood cells are soft, smooth, round, and can move easily through the body. However, with sickle cell disease, we know that they become hard and stiff and rigid and no oxygen throughout the body. So a person with sickle cell disease at any given time could have 50, 60, 70% of their red blood cells mutating just depending on what's going on with them, right? If they're in a crisis. Right. So it does have a purpose. Sickle cell trait was discovered to combat malaria. Yep. So malaria, if you're not familiar with it, it is parasites of malaria that would attack the red blood cells, which would then travel throughout the bloodstream, parts of the body, and people would die. And so what they're saying is that 5,000 plus years ago, that people who were in these parts of the country or the region where malaria was present, how they started to survive was the body created this defective gene and that's how they were able to survive malaria. And one of this statement here, I could just do this, I could say this statement for the next 20 years and maybe move the needle. People think that sickle cell trait is a black gene or a black disease. It is not a black disease or a black gene. So with that, if you look at the map, um, you can be Caucasian, Mediterranean, European, Asian, Hispanic. It is no longer a color. You have to know where your ancestors are from and you have to have the test done. So we are number one. However, we are not the only ones that can have sickle cell trait or have sickle cell disease, but most people think it's a black, it's a black gene. Mm. And how it was discovered and by who? So it's only been 1910 uh, in Western medicine. So this year you're talking about 111 years that they've only been studying sickle cell trait. And it wasn't it wasn't found in Africa, it was found in the United States in Chicago. Um, again, it's been around more than 5,000 plus years. They say uh, even King Tut was known to have sickle cell. They found mutated genes in his tissues. Wow. Uh, Walter Clements, Noel, was from Grenada, had sickle cell disease, went to the doctor. Um, Dr. James Herrick was the one doing the research, was complaining about 
episodes and they discovered that it was sickle cell disease. So how is sickle cell trait inherited? If both parents have sickle cell trait, there is a 50% chance that the child will have sickle cell trait. And if both parents have sickle cell trait, there's a 25% chance that the child will have sickle cell disease. And also if both parents have sickle cell trait, there's a 25% chance that that child will be born with normal hemoglobin AA. If one person has sickle cell trait, there's a 50% chance that that child will have sickle cell trait. So I have three daughters. Uh, my oldest two do not have the trait. My youngest daughter, Deja, that you saw in the brochure, she has sickle cell trait as well. Now, what's oddly is she was born in 98. I found mine in 99 and we never put two and two together. Wow. So what we talk about in that aspect is when parents um, have children, they are being tested now with newborn screening. So you have to know what year your hospital started testing or your state started testing. Um, they do do newborn screening. They send a letter to the parents and it's left up to the parents to call in for, to get more information or to get the genetic counseling. Um, and like I did, I grabbed that letter, I read it, said, oh, and I put it in some drawer somewhere and never looked at it again. <laughs> Typical. Typical. That's all of right? us, right? Right. So we are advocating to improve the genetic counseling when it comes to sickle cell trait so that the parents are aware early on uh, with the risk factors and to inform that child as they get older. Now, before you move, I just want to ask a question real quick. Okay, go ahead. You say your youngest daughter have, um, has a trait as well. When she found out that she did have it, what was her reaction and how did you coach her through it? So hers was similar to mine. When I got to Michigan, she was two years old and she would come out of her room crying. My hands, my hands, my feet, my feet. Ah, she's too, yeah, she's growing pains. Her feet's probably growing. Don't worry about right. it, right? Same thing. Not until I had my episode and discovered myself that I looked back at her and we talked and I wondered why I would call her lazy because she would come home from school and go straight to sleep and take a nap. Wow. Or she would complain about her hands or her feet or her shins pain. Wow. And not until I became an advocate did we discover that, oh yeah, you do have that. And oh, by the way, you're having symptoms. And then wow. that became our journey. So she advocates with me now and she tells her story as well. Um, wow. But so when she's stressed, because stress can trigger it as well. Okay. So when she's stressed, usually or dehydrated, uh, she has the hands, feet, shin pains. What kind of treatments or medication does help? For sickle cell trait patients, they they don't remember. There's it's not considered any any issue. So um, you just take you know aspirin. You take Tylenol. Uh, now we're understanding that a person with sickle cell trait might need Motrin right? Mm -hmm. or morphine. You know, morphine opens up the vessels. That's why sickle cell disease patients ask for morphine because it opens up the blood vessels so that the blood can flow through and IV hydration. Mm. So there's things that we're out to, to alter because again, I've gone to the doctor and was like, hey, look, can you give me an IV? I'm, I think I'm dehydrated. Oh, no you go home and drink water. I'm like, can you give me a, I, I, no, it's too evasive. So I've been rejected 
you know, just trying to get an IV just to make sure I'm like, just can you just replenish me? So at least I know I'm hydrated. Like, no, like, no, go home and drink water. Wow. If you do it in a marathon, I would give it to you, but you're not. So you just, you got to go consume your water. Things like that. Pain. You know, my arm pain still happens. I run water over it still. Uh, Heating pad. Uh, I rub it. I mean, there's really, we don't really have a protocol for how we get treated for our pain. Right. Okay. And then that's, that's what we're out to shift in that conversation as well. This slide here is sickle cell trade as a global, uh, as I mentioned earlier, 300 million people plus globally. Uh, Nigeria is known to be the largest population with 30 million. Uh, you have India with 20 million, Congo with 16 million, Brazil with 9 million, Tanzania with 6 million, Kenya with 5 million, Ghana with four, Saudi Arabia with four, and United States, we're somewhere between 2.5 to three to four million people with sickle cell trait in the United States and million that don't know. So these numbers are old numbers, put it to you that way. They have not been updated. Uh, and the major impact on sickle cell trait on public health, it, it is a public health issue. Uh, and we, we describe it and we talk about it as such. Um, and military and sports is present a lot, again, with the exertion. Um, and it is, it is a real um, factor. This slide is red blood cells. Uh, my campaign is what's in your genes. Uh, so I have a, a normal red blood cell AA. That's me in the middle and yourself like me, AS in the middle and then sickle cell disease SS. And again, those red blood cells only live about 20 to 100 days and they become sticky, inflexible, and they clog the blood vessels, depriving oxygen to parts of the body. So wherever blood flows, you can have a crisis. Organs, brain, eyes, um, personal, you know, private, private parts, uh, you name it, wherever blood flows, um, you can experience pain. Mm, okay. And so I share this, what's in your genes. A lot of people don't understand that it's inherited. So just like your complexion, just like your hair texture, your facial features, your eye colors, as parents, we don't get to pick none of that. We don't get to pick the color that we wish we could, <laughs> but we don't get to pick none of those. And that's how that gene is inherited. We don't get to pick. So you might hear people say, oh, sickle cell trait, it skips generations. It does not skip generations. With each pregnancy, those odds start over every pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So I've met people who have three children. The first child had normal AA. The second child had AS. And the third child had sickle cell anemia. And they were surprised. It's all random. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like going to Vegas and putting everything on black every time. Wow. With each pregnancy, those odds start over. So it, it does not skip generation. The chosen ones or whatever you believe in, we were all born for a reason. So those that were born with it, there's, there's a reason, there's a purpose. So here's where you're asking about the risk factors. And these are the things that I had no idea existed. Again, they told me, just make sure you don't mate. And I was done mating as a kid. So <laughs> I was done. That was, I'm cool on that one. I'm blank man. So the risk factor, and this is from the CDC. This is, this is in the medical books. This stuff has been written and what i'm learning as an advocate is how we talk about it the language is going to be very important it's the language 
And I'm going to show you the key word in this statement that doesn't make this make sense. It says most people with sickle cell trait do not have any symptoms of sickle cell disease, comma, although, and that's the word right there. Mm -hmm. Although in rare cases, people with sickle cell trait might experience complications of sickle cell disease, such as. Now, how does that even make sense? It doesn't even go together. But the key word in that statement is the although. Right. Right. So pain crisis in their extreme form. And in rare cases. Now, now we got to figure out what do you consider rare? <laughs> so, again, the language is very important as we've been moving forward and sharing these conversations with people because of how it's been written. And as you mentioned, increased pressure in the atmosphere uh, and also in scuba diving. Low oxygen levels in air, uh, which can be experienced, for example, mountain climbing, exercising extreme hard, extremely hard in the military boot camp and training for athletic competitions. And that's where we see it a lot um, with military and sports. How mine showed up, dehydration. Um, these are the complications. Again, high altitudes, uh, flying, mountain climbing, Again, cities with high altitudes like Denver, Colorado, Aspen, those kind of places where people have had um, issues with their trait. And again, uh, more research is needed to find out why some people with sickle cell trait have complications and others don't. They have not figured out why some do and some don't. So we are forcing these conversations to do more studies as well. With the risk factors and sickle cell trait exertion for Trick and athletes, um, you know, some people with sickle cell trait have been shown to be more likely than others, you know, without the trait to have experience of heat stroke, muscle breakdown. That's what I had, the rhabdo. So the muscle breakdown, the heat stroke, um, doing the high intense exercises. Uh, I, one of the organizations I work with, the Aswan Foundation, uh, the two twin brothers uh, found out their, their trait in college. Devon was, they were doing the mat drills in opposite sides of the gym at Florida State. And long story short, his brother died from sickle cell trait exertion uh, during the preseason practice. Wow. And so he has a foundation honoring his brother. Uh, he ended up making, Devard ended up making it to the NFL, uh, played for the, a, a couple of teams, retired with the Ravens as a wide receiver and has some episodes as well. Um, even after his retirement. So we all teamed up together. So we advocate and share um, our story. And he talks about his twin brother and how they, how he passed away. Wow. wow. Um, studies have shown, you know, the problems reducing, avoiding dehydration and getting too hot. I remember, you know, when I collapsed, it was like 50, 50 something degrees, like 630 in the morning. So I, I did have on my full PT gear, you know, the shorts, the t-shirt and the pants and the jacket because it was cold. So, you know, could that have been a factor as well because of all the stuff that I had on and my body temperature? You know, again, I've done that test two times a year for 17 years and never had an episode like that before. All right. So that perfect morning, it was, was my time. Uh, and it doesn't make mean that you have to be, you're less of an athlete. You just might have to set your own pace. 
right. and build up your intensity intensity slow. Uh, and for athletes and military, as I talked about, you know, you have they may have to rest in between repetitive sets. So you might not be able to do 10 sprints at one time. You might have to do seven and take a break and do the other three. It doesn't make you less of an athlete or a soldier, but you have to give your body a chance to recover. Right. Times. And so CrossFit is another exercise that is not, you know, popular for a trait carry because in CrossFit, you go through extreme intense exercises consistently. Like you don't stop in between. Right. Um, and so uh, that those type of exercises may not be something that you want to start out with. You might want to work your way to uh, drink plenty of water before, during, after training and conditioning activities. Keep your body temperature cool when exercising in hot and humid temperatures. And again, if you experience any of those symptoms, you might not need a bottle of water. You might need some medical attention because if the rhabdo has started, um, that's where the life-threatening symptoms can start to happen. The only way to find out if you have sickle cell trait is to get tested. And we have people who know their trait carriers. You must have your partners tested. And as a sickle cell trait advocate, we're responsible for the other red blood cell conditions. So sickle cell trait is just one. There's supposedly 400 plus different types of red blood cell conditions. So you have sickle cell trait, you have hemoglobin C trait, you have thalassemia trait, you have D trait, you have OARAB, you have Monroe. So if you're a trait carrier, an S trait carrier, and you ask your mate, oh, you have sickle cell trait? And he or she says no. And then you have a baby and that baby is born with sickle cell SC disease. That means that your partner has the C trait and your baby now has a form of sickle cell disease yeah. or thalassemia. So we make sure that we talk about making sure you, if you're a trait carrier, that your partner is tested with this hemoglobin electrophoresis test. And pretty much what they do is they shock, they draw the blood, they shock it, and how those proteins mutate is how they've determined what type of inherited genes that you carry. And the takeaways, that I offer the community who I do this presentation is, you have to know your status, your trait status, the sickle cell trait, thalassemia, hemoglobin C, hemoglobin D, E, you gotta know those things. Asthma, sometimes uh, sickle cell trait can trigger cases of asthma, mm. right? cardiac arrest. So that's why I said some people have died from cardiac arrest exercising, but they label it as such, but they don't label it as being triggered by sickle cell trait. Um, acute illness, again, immune system. I've met a few people who have had trait crisis and they were sick. They had a cold, they had the flu, um, they had taken some medications. And uh, I know statin drugs like cholesterol medication is definitely not good to be exercising with sickle cell trait, especially if you're not hydrated because the statin drug can also trigger the rhabdomyolysis by itself. You talk about lack of sleep, fatigue. Most people, when I share how we, we get started in our conversations, they'll say, well, I don't, I don't have, I've never had any pain. I say, oh, about, uh, how about, are you, are you tired? Oh yeah, I'm always tired. Yeah, fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the number one symptom is fatigue. Like I said, I met, I, I did it to my daughter. Like, are you lazy? What's wrong with you? Why are you always sleeping? Well, guess what? Fatigue. 
I met people. The lady dragged her son to me. You need to hear his story. Come here. Tell my son what you just said. Fatigue. Oh, yes. I'm, my, I'm always tired. Yeah. That's something you need to take a look at. Wow. That's, that's, that's so interesting. That's for me, that's a hundred percent right there. Like fatigue. Yeah. Fatigue. Yeah. yeah. Fatigue is just for me. I mean, it was more when I was younger, I would say than I am right now only because I'm not moving around as much, mm-hmm. but um, it came to a point that um, in my system, I would probably laugh at this. Um, she said when she, when she was dating my brother in the beginning of the, uh, the dating phase, she said she barely knew who I was because every time she came over, I was taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I was always taking a nap. Wow. Was, predominantly, I would work and I would work either overnight or early mornings. Yes. Um, and I would be on my feet majority of the time. So I would be tired. By the time I come home, I, home, I would take a nap and I would love yeah. to take naps. Even now, people would just like, <laughs> you like a person that loved taking naps. And for me, it was just because I just felt tired. It was just, it was just easy for me to take a nap and just like, yeah, you sleep it off. Generate, yeah, you generate my energy. And, you know, sometimes it just, I don't even have to sleep. I just have to just like rest my body. Yes. And then I get back into like, you know, into the, my patterns. But just saying that makes a whole lot more sense to me. And that's the reason yeah. why I want to have this so I can know what are the stuff that I'm experiencing so I can know oh, this is the this is why it's happening. It's yeah. a, definitely could be uh, fatigue. fatigue. Definitely for me. Yeah, fatigue, dehydration, and muscle weakness. Um, again, nutrition, diet is important. Uh, water is our best friend. Um, alkaline water. I was able to sit down and do an interview with Dr. Sabi uh, in 2013, and I asked him questions about sickle cell, and he went in. Um, and alka- alkaline water, having a balanced pH um, body with alkaline is very important as well. So you want to balance with regular water, alkaline water, not too much Gatorade because of the, the sugars, but mm. Gatorade is also good for the electrolytes. Right. But water and alkaline water, um, very definitely important. And again, the medications, the side effects of the statin drugs, uh, the kidney issues, uh, those are the, C- the CK levels. Sometimes you, when you feel that that muscle weakness, you want to get those numbers checked as well, because those are signs. Uh, and in the medical exam, just to confirm your health status, especially if you have a student athlete or people don't go to the doctor before they go to, to the gym. Like they just wake up, I'm gonna go start working out. Mm. Like they don't, they don't detox, you know, they don't go to get a physical, they just start working out. And then if you don't know, you know, your body or what your state your body's in, you could cause more damage. Mm, I see. And so that is very important to, you know, have a exam. And that's it. At this point, there would be questions. And um, my website is wdconsct.org. I have all the information there um, from the basic facts and the fact sheets and videos and interviews of people that I've uh, talked to, experts, doctors, Dr. Dr. Sabi's videos there, but really just the facts. Um, about sickle cell trait and the risk factors. Right. I, f- I focus on the risk factors because again, most people don't think that sickle cell trait can have complications that is benign. Yet I've just showed you the basics of the complications that are possible. And it sounds like sickle cell disease if you look if you really look at the symptoms. Right. Right. They're, right. they're not far off from sickle cell disease. So wow. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. So uh so what would you say to those that doesn't know that they have the trait? They don't even know. I mean, for those that have the, the, the sickle cell disease, it's easier for you to figure out. But those that don't even know they have the trait, um, how to go about doing that? Um, or 
better yet, for those that are that do have the trait, um, um, how do you pay attention to those particular signs that you know that might be related to um, sickle cell trait? Because for me, it could just be something that I experience maybe once a month, or I could experience it like every two months or so. But how do you track those things if it sometimes is random, or is this you don't you don't know that that's the reason for it? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing when, I, when I'm out talking is you got to pay attention to your body. Your body will tell you what's going on. Again, um, muscle cramps. A lot of people think, well, I just exercise too hard. Oh, I just did this. Or I'm an athlete, so I'm supposed to have these pains and cramps. And that's not the case. So if you know you're a sickle cell trait carrier, I would say go, go back and do another hemoglobin, hemoglobin electrophoresis test and then make sure that you ask to find out about um, any other red blood cells. So there's, like I said, alpha thalassemia. As I've been doing this work, um, it shows up as A2. So when you do your blood your, your blood work, uh, and they also do a complete blood count. So you'll see your hemoglobins and you'll see your A's. And if you see A2, and you gotta know what that number is, that A2 could be high or that A2 could be low. If that A2 is high, that means that you're dealing with another red blood cell conditions because the body is reproducing more A2s to keep the blood together. Right. So the A2 number, we're starting to discover that that could be a, a sign that there is something else connected to your trait that could be giving you the anemia issues even more so, mm. right? Because sickle cell, sickle cell trait and alpha thalassemia is not sickle cell disease, but sickle cell trait and beta thalassemia is a form of sickle cell disease. So you need to know what that A2 number is. And unfortunately, sometimes people get misdiagnosed. Again, if you're born at a certain year and your state wasn't doing newborn screening, then you haven't been screened at all. Wow, right. Or the parent might've told you later on, oh yeah, you got the sickle cell trait and if one ear out the other. So we recommend that go back and re get retested and make sure that it's only sickle cell trait for one. And then that way you can start eliminating your, you know, the process and maybe you might have something else going on right. other than sickle cell trait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I'm speaking from experiences and I'm, only, I'm also bringing it up because I don't know who else is listening to this and possibly experiencing certain symptoms that doctors can explain and say it's one thing is, and it's really not, like it's really another case. Um, uh, just again, just think about for me, just like it's a weird thing of experiencing and it's, it doesn't happen like often, but when it does happen, it's, it's either very severe or it just knocks me out, right? Yes. Knocks me out or this is something that I experienced and I can't explain that. I would tell it to my wife, but she doesn't know what it is. So it would just, at times, um, I, I get this hyper, very, very chill. Like my body goes into this very I'm not hot, I'm not cold, but I'm, I, I'm sensitive to everything, right? But yes. it happens like maybe once every three months, it happened once maybe every two months at times. And I started to jot it down. The last time I experienced it was actually last year. And it's just so weird. And I'm, it doesn't, it, it can't explain anything. It only happens, you know, it only lasts for about roughly, I would say eight hours or so. Sometimes it lasts longer. The, long, the more mm -hmm. I sleep, the easier it comes off. But the more I fight it, the longer it lasts. So I'm beginning to think that's probably the sickest of trait because it knocks me out. Like I get very, very cold and I'm still hot. <laughs> I'm sensitive, my body's sensitive. I can't, nothing can be touched. It just my, either my temperature will go really high 
and I still feel like cold and hot at the same time. Yeah, so I would I would definitely recommend that you just get retested again, and and look at your blood num your 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 numbers, and and see what that A two is. And like I said, there's also um, things that we inherit we inherit you know twenty three chromosomes from each parent, so we we inherit a lot of things that don't show up until later in age, things like that. But you definitely want to start ruling out that it's your trait. Um, but if you're experiencing these kind of symptoms, then it's probably connected. You know, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> right. They're probably connected. And these, and what the best, you know, what we do, like I said, we arm, we can arm you with these questions. Um, Dr. Maisha also is going to be doing consultations as well. Um, Cause she speaks more of that medical. She's an MD, but yeah, we, we just want to make sure that our trait carriers know that there can be some risk factors other than just mating with another person. Right, right. Even, even with that, I mean, if you can stress the importance of... Oh, <laughs> yeah. To like have a family, the importance of like getting yourself checked and your partner checked out where, you know, you won't put, you know, both of, both of yourself, oh, I'm sorry, your, your future kids at risk, you know, just or just asking the person, look, let's get tested just in case we don't either could avoid it or just not even chance it at all. Like, this is not something that I want to have my, you know, my kid to have. Like, if I have a trait and you have a trait, there's, again, there's that 50-50 chance that one of, my, one of our kids can have the full-blown disease. So is that something that we want to explore or is that something, you know, we don't? So just stress the, the importance of just like getting yourself checked out and getting your partner check, checked out as well. Oh, de definitely. And, and as I became an advocate in 2010, late 20, 2009, 2010, I started interviewing. That was my first, well, actually, I started doing a sports show and that was helping me with my mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I discovered that this sickle cell trait conversation was important, I started interviewing people in the sickle cell community. And because I knew that if you had the disease, then your parents were trait carriers. Right. So I, I connected myself to the sickle cell community and that allowed me to reach out to the parents and the siblings, which when you talk to the parents, unfortunately, in some cases, you hear the regret, you hear the hurt from the parent that didn't know that they were trait carriers. They didn't know that their mate was a, had an inherited gene and maybe they would have done something differently. Like you don't want to live with that, right? I mean, those are resentments and regrets. And, and surely then you have the child and then the child grows up feeling like he or she is a burden on the family because you got to take me to the hospital and I just, I just ruined Christmas or ruined Thanksgiving. Right. So even before that, See, the newborn screening is is very it's important, right? It is it does what it does, but for me and my advocacy work, it's after the fact. Mm -hmm. Because by the time that they can go in through the umbilical cord and check the, you know, do the DNA test that way, the baby's already in the womb. Right. So now you have in the baby's, you're told that your child's gonna be born with sickle cell disease. So what do you want to do? Do you want to terminate the pregnancy or you want to have a child that's going to have a disease with no cure? Right. Like now you got to have that conversation. Yeah. Right. So if we can have people understand this before you choose to have a child, it's up to them. I, my, my, my prevention conversation and, and God just showed me, showed this to me just last week because I you can't, if we're born for a reason, 
then it's not my call to tell you what to do. I'm not, I would never tell you to have a child and don't, don't, don't have a child together. Right, right. But, but even in my, as I told you, this language will be important on how I express these conversations. And I looked at prevention and I looked up the definition again and I saw another definition was arising. So I, I saw that if I could have these conversations with people beforehand, it would give them the information to have a choice right, right. versus having to decide after the fact, right. you know, and people are going to, you, you know, you love who you, you love, what, who you love. And you, you know, we're not saying don't have a child, but at least if you do decide to have a child, you have the information, the knowledge, the understanding, the resources. So if that child is born with the disease, you're prepared. You're not living in regret and resentment. And I think that is just as important for your mental as having that child with the disease, because now that whole family is impacted with mental and physical. Right. And, right. and so that's my, that's my view is, is to have this conversation before and, and make the choice and be informed. And that's the best that I can do with my conversation. Yes, I, I believe that too. I mean, my, before my wife and I got married um, or have kids, um, we, that was a conversation we had. Um, and, I, and I told her that straight up before we even thought about that. I was like, well, this is, I know I'm a carrier and I know some of my siblings are carriers as well. And I know, I know my mom is a carrier. Um, I don't know my father yet, um, but I know my mom is a carrier. So automatically I'm saying, my, you know, we probably got it from my mom because I don't know. Yeah. So we had that conversation to know what we had to do and she got tested and she, she was negative, nothing came out. So I was a carrier and I think my son right now, he's a carrier as well. So mm -hmm. um, just thinking back on, 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 on about some of the stuff that he exhibits, I was like, oh, that makes sense now, right? <laughs> Cause, you know, again, once you're educated in it, you, you can yeah. recognize it, right? You, yeah, that's the you, yeah, that's the whole point. Things like that—that's your your son or your kids that's going that's going through. And he was like, okay, that might be the reason why, because it, it, there's no reason why you should be doing the same besides besides that, right? Because yeah, you go to the doctor, they're gonna tell you something else, but it, it doesn't quite work that way. So you know, like you said before, it's paying attention to your body. That's one thing yes. I say. You know, if you see something that's it's it's not it doesn't quite work well it doesn't it doesn't make sense to you um i would for me i would say just jot it down um like i was starting to do just jot it down to see how the frequency of it you know the level of pain that you experience is in a um, one to ten if it's ten all the time you know there's something that you're gonna have to get checked out if it's something that happened you know every month every two months every two weeks or you know every time you decide to go up the stairs and you just you know you're seeing dizzy spells or something like that Mm -hmm. Mark it down so you can know. Okay, let me let me talk to my physician and see what do I need to do. Maybe I need to get tested, and then maybe you can better explain these things. But um, the, the best thing I, I would I would suggest is document it. You can, yeah, that's the best way to know if this is happening often and how often it's happening. So you can know that you know I need to get I need to seek help for this because it's not something that should be it's not quite normal. So you should just actually, actually seek um, a specialist for that. Definitely. Like I said, those, you got to pay attention to those symptoms. And, and like I said, being able to rule that out, at least as a starting point, right? When with these kind of complications, these experiences, you can at least start to rule out the trait. Man, thank you so much. This, I've learned so much, you know, right now I have, just like you had that little light bulb on top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> like a waking moment. I was just like, oh my goodness. Okay. 
yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense so i mean i'm taking i'm taking more consideration about my health right now so i seen a doctor whenever something's going wrong you know right now i'm doing like back pains and i have to see a specialist for that so Mm -hmm. i'm I'm being active about it so i i think i definitely need to get myself checked out rechecked out i guess what what are the back pains lower back is it is it your lcs or or is it it's not kidneys pain right it's not so much no okay no um not so much kidneys pain i I know kidney i would i would get i would get it if i am if i i can honestly say because i like to run yeah Um, but if i if i if i run at a pace that i'm not pacing myself Uh i can feel that in my kidneys you know i can feel like that pain on my side i was like okay i need to like slow down and do a different pace so i've definitely felt that one um, yeah, and you don't want to wait. You don't want to wait till that becomes blood in the urine because then it's, it's that's a late, a too, too late of a sign. Yeah, yeah, that's a late. So I'm some, sometimes it happens, um, but the the rare the um, the rare kidney cancer they're starting to discover could be affected because of athletics as well. You want to just make sure that you just have your kidneys checked to make sure there's no scars or cancer cells. You know. Tumors or anything on them. I checked out. Nothing like that. Nothing like that was. Uh, yeah, no, that's think, good. I think there was. It's rare. It's rare, but it it happens. And a lot of times, most families because people there people are dying from it because by the time they find it, it's like stage three or four. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 So it's already taking its course. Wow. Oh, this is awesome, man! Thank you so much. I have to thank you so much, man. I think this was more for me than anybody else. <laughs> I'm, I'm educated in it only because, again, I want to know some of the stuff that I'm, I'm, I might be going through that can, you know, that can easily explain it, but also just like seeking help, right? Seeking yeah. Help something you feel like it's not odd. It's, it's, oh, it's not, it's not correct, not okay. Um, just go out there and, and get yourself checked out, you know, just... I have insurance. I'm paying for it. I said I want to take full advantage of it. Yeah, the, oh, you, yes, definitely. That's the, that's the idea. Definitely. There's no reason why for me to be paying, you know, you know, premium coverage, and I'm not, I'm not taking care of myself. So I'm yeah. definitely, you know, taking advantage of that. So um, I, I pay my co-insurance, and if I pay my co-payments, I do that. You know, that's minimum compared to comparison to you know my health. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of it. But this, this conversation was definitely for me. I would say, and I pray that someone you know, get some, get, get something from this. Cause I know a lot of us are going through this and not know that you even have it, or if we have it, we don't know some of the symptoms. And that's what, that was me. I know only the surface of it, Yeah. Uh, you know, what I was going through, where I can probably was experiencing a lot of stuff daily and not even realize it. So I, I, well, I, you, you have been uh, a blessing to me because you've just allowed me to realize that I, I can still share my conversation, even though I want to talk about fatherhood stuff. <laughs> that and I, and I and I and 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 I saw it that way too. Like, you know, when I introduce myself or when I meet people and I share what I'm up to, if they hear sickle cell trait, that person will want to talk to me. If they hear military, you know, there might be somebody else that wants to talk to me about that. Right. I don't have to force those conversations, but really, we're gonna have a good time on that fatherhood conversation because oh, that is really important. But you just you just revealed to me that it's possible to have all of my conversations. And when those arise, I can be able to articulate and, and have these discussions. So you just help me at another level of peace in my advocacy work as I'm choosing what path to go now. 
um, on how I have my dialogues. You know, I, it's, it's whatever I need to talk about where, in whatever case I'm in. So it's, I, I don't have to limit myself and be just a sickle cell trade advocate, you know, no. but I care about fatherhood and I care about this. No, I can, I can have, I have a voice and I want people to understand that you have a voice in, in these aspects of your life. And a lot of times we think that, you know, we don't connect to people or we're, I'm the only one suffering or dealing with things. Like there is a community of people out there yes. that can connect to you right. and, and relate to you. Yep, yep. We, we use, and I, I stopped using understand because when you try to understand somebody, you're just listening to what you hear and you throw away everything else that they're being, that's being said. Right. But if you listen to relate, you can hear, oh, that's what that is? Well, that sounds like this. And that furthers the dialogue. Right, you don't right, have right. to be like, I understand what you're saying, so I don't want to talk to you. No, you just have, you have no idea how, how we're so connected as people. Yes. So I, I again, I appreciate you because my intention was the father stuff, but you, you allowed me to see that this is still just as important. And, um, and I'm okay with, I can, I can live that life and be comfortable, put on whatever hat I need to put on at whatever given time I need to show up. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like I said before, so, this conversation cool. is definitely needed um, for me. Um, I know this is a dad podcast and this is a dad conversation, but this is needed as well. Like this is just as important because you are a dad and I'm a dad. This is what we also going through that. Dad Def- stuff, right? Definitely. Oh, so in the, in the fatherhood conversation, this is a conversation. This is. A conversation this is. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you my, my, I got the trait from my dad hmm, and cool. my dad, again, my, his nephew has the disease and my dad's sisters has the traits. But when I started this work, my dad got tested at 60. Wow. Cause I'm like, look, I know it's not my mom's side. It's obviously on your side. You need to go to the doctor, bro. I'm not going to be advocating. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> right. But he did and, and he got tested at 60. Wow. And wow. so I, it's, it's, and my mom didn't know anything again. It was growing pains. So I was dying and that collapsed and my mom knew nothing. Like I could have died and, and nobody would have known it was trait related. Wow. Yeah. You know, so my mom is like, she wants to take on that conversation for the parents who aren't aware, you know, so it, it, it's a family conversation because it's a different perspectives and different, you know, points of view as a family. Yeah. But I, as men, we've got to be responsible. I agree with that. And I, and you know what, this is stigma of, and I've said it before in the podcast where um, they say men don't like to talk. I, I don't think that's correct. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to, let me say that again. Yes, that's not, <laughs> you know, just having a space of conversation, a, a space to open up and talk about these things. All of us will, we have a, a, a story to tell, right? It's not yeah. just about sports. It's not about women. It's not about, it's not exactly. There's some real conversation out there that we need to like explore, especially as men as far exactly. Um, that exactly. is not being talked about. Not because we don't want to, it's because we don't have maybe a platform or we don't have a group to just like express that, right? Because once we have that open a platform, we, we express it, right? We were talk, yes. We're going to be as passionate about it as we all talk about anything else that, that has nothing to do with dad related. But those are the kind of topic that I want to dive in and dig in and, and educate others that may not know what's going on, right? Because again, once you know, you cannot unknow. Now it's yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Now, once you know, it's like, ah. Now it's up to you to make a difference. <laughs> you go right from wrong, and I'm telling you this is wrong. Now you ha- you are educated in the wrong. 
um, now you, you can do right, right? So you yeah. can do that. So it's up to you to just, you know, once you know what to do, you can, you can go on the right path. The thing is, I don't want someone to be uneducated about the things and just like be blind and just be, you know, dumbfounded about it. Just like, okay, look, I now I know the answer. I know what to look forward to. Maybe I don't have it. Maybe my son or daughter has it. Maybe my right. husband, maybe my wife have it, right? So now let's just like explore that and develop that to see how can we go about, you know, understanding it more, you know, maybe your treatment, you could do a treatment plan or whatever it is that we can do just to better understand it. We can, you know, dive, dive into it, but to know it and not do anything about it, that's a false narrative. But I just want to educate others as much I, as, as I can, because again, I have a platform, this is a platform, and I want to use it not only to just talk about dads, journey and the dad journey does not uh, does not end or start with just like fatherhood it doesn't yeah it's not marriage it's uh it's a a range of things and i want yeah. to be exploring that and this is definitely a topic only because it's, it's it hit home for me and i have relatives that have that so um for those that are listening for those that that may think they do or they have a family member that that, that have that get yourself checked out get yourself checked out the bed the the, the, the worst thing that can happen is that you find that you do have it and now you can actually, now you can, you have a reason to, you have an explanation to what been, you've, exactly. been, you've been going through, right? The fatigue, you know what I'm saying? You can't do the certain pains, things. The, the cramps, the cramps, muscle cramps. You have, you have a name for that now. Yeah. A diagnosis, so to speak, for that. So now you can like say, okay, now let me avoid certain things. Let me hydrate myself. Let me yeah. do whatever I need to do to take care of myself. Because again, if you don't, it can lead to bigger and, 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 and worse things down the line. So guys, I'm educating you right now. <laughs> Ron is educating you right now. And I'm so glad that I have this conversation. I know it's about dad. We're going, I'm going to tag him with you later on and talk about your dad journey. But today, this was for me. This was, this was definitely for me. And, and lastly, for those who are listening and you might not think it pertains to you, uh, there's those other red blood cell conditions like C trade and thalassemia and beta thalassemia. They're all inherited the same way. So you could have children with, with, with C trait and, and your spouse or your mate has C trait. You can have a child with C trait disease. Mm. So it's the same conversation. Just change the narrative, change the name from D trait. You know, it's the same thing. You got to know your partners. It's no different than cystic fibrosis. You're right. saying that, that you've got to know those genes because if you have that gene and your mate has it, your child can be born with, sick, you know, that disease. Wow. So wow. it's all, they're all inherited, you know, and, and that, that's, that's the important factor. So you might not have sickle cell trait. You might have C trait. Right. You need to know that there's, there's risk factors with C trait, nosebleeds and, and passing out and all those, because each, each red blood cell has this risk factor but they don't get addressed, you know? So by us sharing the trait opens up people to look in their own life. Well, hey, I got thalassemia. What does that do? Oh yeah, you definitely need to go check out because of what that does. So it opens a door for another another dialogue. And, and that's, that's, the, that's great. Absolutely, man. That's, that's health. Thank you so much. I'm gonna just thank you for some, I know I've been doing it a couple of times, but thank you so much for on what you're doing this just dropping just just educating us like honestly just educating myself so i, I hope each Appreciate and every one it. of you guys like uh got something from this if you have any questions or comment i'm gonna leave this information on the contact list um if you have just contact him talk to him he'll give you answers or if not he's gonna direct you where he can find those answers but 
definitely arm you so much man so much for educating me for uh, just dropping mad dimes right now <laughs> right so thank you so much for for all that you are an amazing person i i am i am not done with you yet we were- <laughs> <laughs> no we we just get it started Let's we got started. we got too much in common <laughs> yeah yeah we have the your 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 dad journey to 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 explore so we're gonna yeah. team another day to just like record another episode about that but you got me hyped man you got me hyped Good deal, man Education, i'm blessed man. i love it learning something new i love it my brain is just like going <laughs> but yes yes let me not hold you any longer so i just want to thank you thank my guest Ferrans, for coming through for educating us for just like dropping so many dimes so many dimes so, so many drools <laughs> for me man um, God's but, work, man. It's God's work, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God's I'm work. not going to keep you guys any longer. Thank you for joining me. This season four is going to be amazing. It's going to be, I'm, I'm enjoying it already. I, I, <laughs> so, um, again, guys, I'm not going to keep you guys any longer. I will see you guys in a few. Bye. For more Dear Dad podcasts, visit Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Make sure you check Dear Dad Podcasts on your favorite Instagram social media platform at Dear Dad Podcasts. Catch you later. Keep your